Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Good morning, Takeover Church. How are we doing? Y'all ready for the word of God this morning? Yay! Y'all come expecting for God to move this morning. Yes, Has God already begun moving in you this morning? Yes. If you listen to I Surrender in this room this morning for the seven minutes and eight seconds that it went, <laughs> and you were not crying, we're going to talk after service because, wow, come on, like a rushing yeah. wind, Jesus yes. breathe yeah. within. I am a mess. So, which is what else is new? Matt, you had two weeks off. I know, but I'm a mess. But before we get started this morning, I do want to say a huge thank you to our TakeOver team here. In fact, not only has it been like a little bit over two years now preaching every single week straight uh, as, as, as TakeOver Church, um, but then also leading through a pandemic. I know it's, uh, I'm sure a lot of us have had struggles, and I'm not trying to say woe is me, but pastoring a church and leading it and trying to figure out every single facet of it to both be online and then in person again and all these right. things. like. It was, a, it was struggle street, it was fun, and it was wild, and God grew me and challenged me and changed me in it. But thankfully, I had amazing people called Pastor Adrian and Pastor Scott step up the last two weeks to preach incredible messages so I could literally have a breather. So can we just make some noise for them? You know God is alive and active in a church when the lead pastor or the main guy doesn't actually have to be the focal point. God is growing yeah. leaders, he's so growing great. communicators, and this thing doesn't have to ride on anybody other than Jesus, amen? Yeah. amen. Well, this morning we are continuing our series. We got two more weeks of summer loving. Today and next week, who's been loving this series so far? Come on, summer loving, happened so fast, I'm having a blast, however that goes, get down in the sand. But, this morning, we're continuing the series. Next week, we have got a mystery guest panel that we will be having. And uh, you're not going to find out who the panelists are. The questions are going to be, they have no time to prepare. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that would be so funny if we just hot seated right Like, you got 60 seconds. You got to marry one. No, I am so uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> There's no recovery after that, but it's going to be awesome. We're really excited for that. You'll get to hear some new voices and hear some faces that you probably see uh, out, in, out in the crowd with you guys. And it was a great part of our church. We're going to hear a lot of what God has done in marriages and in relationships, both in a lot of years and in a short amount of time. And I think it's going to be really, really great just to have some candid honest, vulnerable conversation. Who's ready for some honesty in church? Amen? I mean, that's kind of been our, our, our gist from the jump, but like, I think the world is ready just to hear like Christians, we deal with things, we go through some things, don't Sunday, you know, dress it up, but let me know where you're really at, what God is really doing, and let's go from there. Amen? So it's going to be good. Well, this morning, Nat, are you ready? Kyle, are you ready for the church computer? We have the sound. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this. Okay? We could not wrap up this series without okay. first talking about this subject. Nat, hit the beat, girl, and pump it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
footprints in his course. It took me forever to, took me forever to edit that so that the beats matched up. I hope you appreciate it. Adobe Premiere is great. But yeah, this morning we're going to talk about sex. It's going to be awesome. So the title of my message with my note takers is who's going to heaven in the place. No, joking, joking. If you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message for week six. I can't believe it's already been six weeks. Uh, week six. Title of my message this morning is Etch a Sketch Sex. Etch a Sketch Sex. I dare you to say that three times fast. I dare you to try and say that three times fast. You can't, because I can't, and I talk faster than everybody here. Etch a Sketch Sex. Etch a Sketch Sex. Etch a Sketch Sex. Etch a Sketch Sex. It's going to be good. Write that down. Who is ready for the Word of God this morning? Who wants to hear from the Apostle Paul in Corinthians this morning? Y'all ready? Yeah. All right. Uh, it's going to be a little... Oh, hey, we fixed it. Way to go, Nat. That looks great. Oh, my gosh. When I first uploaded it, it was like a thousand words. Really, it was bad. And Nat got here and was like, we can't do that, bro. So uh, shout out to Nat, who also, if you start serving, we have an amazing team rally that happens at 945 every Sunday morning. And it happens to be that this morning... One of our incredible servant leaders, a.k.a. Nat the Goat, shared a great word with us this morning. So, yeah. you could be a team rally and get really hyped with us and drink more coffee than you should. It's going to be good. Yeah. 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 All right, 1 Corinthians 6, 16 through 20. Let's go. I'm coming out of the message translation this morning. So, it says MSG. That's not monosodium glutenite, okay? It's a message <laughs> translation. There's more to six. Stop right there. There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in the scripture, the two become one. Since we want to become one spiritually with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. And these bodies, these bodies were made for God-given and God-modeled love for becoming one with another. Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Question mark. Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God has paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. How much does God own? The whole thing. Oh, the whole kit and caboodle, whatever that even means. So let people see God in and through your body. With that, we're going to pray, and we are going to open up this bad jacks. Sound good? Yeah. I promise you this is going to be life-giving. I promise you this is going to be fun. I promise you that God is going to move, and we are going to look at sex differently today. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Oh. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. We ask that you would come right now, God. We, we, we kind of pray this prayer this morning, God, but in our world and in our life, God, this, this past week, a lot of us have experienced counterfeit gods, things that want us to bow a knee to them. Sometimes that topic is sex. Sometimes that topic is a relationship. Sometimes that topic is finances. Sometimes that topic is just 
being visionless and directionless and trying to figure out where to go, God, but we've experienced a lot of counterfeit gods this week, and we want to experience the one true, authentic, genuine creator this morning, God, the one who hung the stars and also filled my lungs with air, God. We want to experience you this morning, so come alive in the scriptures, come alive in this moment, come alive in this word, God, and make sex biblical again, God. Open up our eyes, God. Give us good news today, God, because we know that you are full of nothing but good news. Amen. In Jesus, by name of faith, Philip church said. Etch a sketch sex. Wow. Etch a sketch sex. Isn't that a fun title? Come on. Yeah. You didn't think that you were waking up today and you were going to hear a message from a pastor called Etch a sketch sex. You had no idea. Okay, this is this is a first for everybody. That's going to be awesome. But I love this portion of scripture. If I can kind of explain it to you for just a second, the, the inner workings of it. Here's the Apostle Paul. If you don't know the Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul is basically a gangster uh, for the Lord, but was previously a gangster for Jewish hierarchy. And he lived a life where he was commissioned to go beat uh, a bunch of other heinous things that most Jewish uh, leaders did who were persecute people who were followers of the way, a.k.a. Christians, people who professed to follow Jesus. They would find you, they would beat you, they'd beat your wife, they would kill your kids, they would do all sorts of things just to shame you for following anybody that would proclaim to be God. That was the Apostle Paul, and he was the best at it. He was a boss. He was the John Wick of the Jewish hierarchy. He was insane. He crushed people in the throat with a book. It's what he did, okay? And with rocks and a bunch of other things. But he met Jesus. Jesus flipped over his life. He became, he was Saul. He became Paul. He changed his name. How grateful are you this morning that God gives you a new name? Come on, somebody. He doesn't resign you to who you were before you met him. He makes you a new creation. Amen. So Paul, he becomes one of these early church guys. And he's basically responsible for most of the New Testament writings besides um, you know, the four Gospels and a couple of other ones, but it's basically just Paul, and he kind of set church up today the way that we do it. And Paul, in this moment, he is writing to the church in Corinthians. The church in Corinthians, it is jacked up from the floor up. It is torn up from the floor up because they've been turning up too much, and they are a messed up, jacked up place. And I think it's really important this morning that we, we pump the brakes right there for a second because I think we can read the Scripture. We can read the scripture and we can see Paul saying, hello, Suri. Uh, you can hear, Suri's here. She's good. She's ready to receive the spirit of God. Um, you can read these scriptures and you want to, you know, you'll see people outside who are like shaking their Bibles at people on the street corners. And there's no shame. I'm not, I'm not throwing any shade at them at all. What I'm saying is, is that it's incredibly uh, paramount for us as believers to understand this morning that Paul wasn't writing to the city of Corinth. Paul wasn't writing to the city of Corinth, just like I'm not necessarily writing or preaching today to the city of Grand Rapids, okay? Paul, he is writing and he is preaching, he is leading, he is teaching the church of Corinth. He is not preaching to the city of Corinth. He is not writing a letter on telling the world, this is how you should live. No, he's less concerned about telling them how they should live. Instead, he's interested in introducing them to who they should live for. Amen? How many of you know and are grateful this morning that there's a difference between evangelizing and discipleship? Amen? Because we need to be a church. Come on, somebody. We need to be a church as takeover church. We exist to see people take, or see Jesus take over people's lives here in Grand Rapids. Absolutely. We want to see Jesus take over over Grand Rapids, but we're never going to get there telling people who don't know our God how he says to live. Instead, we need to tell our people who our God is, and he can tell them how to yeah. live. Amen? Yeah, 
So we need to, we need to specify that this morning because we, 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 we don't understand all the time. This is for Christians. This is for Jesus' followers. This is for you and for me. This is for the church of Corinth. And he is writing to them because Paul, he, he recognizes that they have allowed false theology, false philosophy, wrong ideology, all these other ologies that you could come up with. Morbidology is a great podcast. Anyways, all these things to murder this your podcast. Pray for me, okay? That's what I did the entire time while I was on sabbatical. It's great. <laughs> A lot of murder mystery. Max was built under spirit. I was. It's rest. And uh, murder made me famous. All of them were great. So, Paul, he recognizes this. And so he's writing to them. And he is saying, yo, you, you have got this wrong. You have missed the mark. You, you, you have allowed some things into your pulpit and into your people and into your culture that are so far from God's heart for them. You were actually causing destruction by allowing this to take place. Right. Whether you believe it or not, you are allowed, whether you believe what is being taught or what is being given to your people, you not taking ownership of this and, and pulling this up from the roots right now, you are enabling this. You are watering the seed of destruction and discord that is taking place in your church. So Paul says, yo, sex. Man, you don't have people who are drinking. You don't have people who are doing this and that. Like, you have people who are engaging in this thing that is so much more than just mere physicality. This is not just touch me and touch me again. This is so much more than just mere skin on skin. Right. Paul pleads with them. Paul says this is so much more than just spiritual. It's just as much physical as it is spiritual. And then he quotes both God and Genesis and Jesus in all four Gospels when he says, man should leave his mother and father, be joined with his wife, and two become one. Right. Only with God can two become one. Amen. Amen. And two become one. For me, I feel like this is a message today that not only our world needs to hear, but the church needs to hear this as well because our world, we have come up with this culture. We live in a day and age where it's incredibly easy to do this. But we've come up with this culture where it's, I'm going to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, when I want to. Yeah. And then that's seeped its way into the church. And now we feel like as Christians, as Jesus followers, I can do what I want, when I want, how I want, with whom I want, whenever I want. And then all I got to do is reach out to God for forgiveness anytime I want. This is the biggest lie in the world today. You can forget all other conspiracy theories. This is fact. This is the biggest lie in the world today because it's the one that's going to rob us of our calling, of what God has said is best for our lives, okay? It's going to rob us of our calling if we do not get this thing under wraps. I'm not coming to preach shame. I'm not coming to preach any sort of condemnation this morning. I'm coming to set the captives free, amen? We have got to take this thing captive. I believe it doesn't just need to be heard. It needs to be understood. Sex is not just skin on skin. This is not just you and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do it on the Discovery Channel, okay, if you were in the 90s. This is not, you know the song, don't judge me. We all had a 1993 Buick Placebo, we were bumping that, okay? No, we weren't. We were. Sounded like some Keith Sweat and some offspring. It's weird. It's weird time in the 90s, okay? But it's more than that. And I believe this morning 
that that's my charge, is that we need to come to the table around the conversation of what sex is because we have felt like as humans, as the creation, that we can suddenly begin to define what God created. And I'm sorry, we didn't actually make sex. We didn't just stumble into one another and go, oh, that goes there. We didn't know that. Awkward, I know. <laughs> I'm just stating this thing goes beyond us. This thing has implications that go beyond our worst intentions or our best intentions. This thing called sex, it is so much more than just physical. It's spiritual. Because two, two become one. Right. And the reason I believe this has to be understood, and I believe it can't just be heard, and it can't just be listened to, and it can't just be something that we engage in around a dinner table or at our madcap and have a theological debate about it, okay? I'm sick of theological debates. We have the Bible. It is what it is, okay? We don't need to debate, and we don't need to talk, and we don't need to do these things. We need to get with God and get with each other and get with the Holy Spirit and find out what God has to say about these things that we've allowed to run our life, okay? It's called a sex drive, but some of us are letting sex drive, and that's not good, okay? So the reason I call this message Etch-a-Sketch Sex is because for so many of us, our life experiences, the world today, the culture we live in, has told us, yo, you can define this thing. Huh. It's your body, and you use it how you want to. I was trying to be Sam Bernstein, but it didn't work. He's a lawyer. His whole family's in the commercial. You'll know who I'm talking about, okay? Oh my God. got the glasses. That's all I'm going to say. Oh <laughs> so, Sam, come to church, bro. It's good. You and the whole thing. I love it. Um, the reason I call it Action Sketch Sex is because, again, the culture in our world has just told us that we can define this thing. That it's yours. It came equipped with you. Lock, stock, two smoking barrels. It is yours. You control this thing. You have desires, you have ideas, you have porn to watch and movies to see, and you have Harlequin romance novels, and Danielle Steele totally destroyed my parents' generation, and there are all these, if you don't know who that is, that's okay. There are all of these things. I grew up worshiping at the altar of Hugh Hefner, just thinking a bathrobe was the coolest thing in the world, and a mansion with some bunnies at it. Not real bunnies. And... The world we live in has told us this is the pinnacle. This is the highest form of achievement. And so now, as the creation, we've decided that we can draw this thing, we can define this thing, we can do this thing however we feel, however we want, how we feel in the moment, how we are swiping on our phone or on our computer, or how we're having a Facebook conversation with someone who's not our spouse or not a girlfriend or nobody we even know at all. And the reason I called it Etch-a-Sketch Sex this morning is because I got this brand new Etch-a-Sketch, never been used. Can anybody in this auditorium actually say they've ever played one of these? If you have, put your hand up. Yeah, my people. We old, we love it. It's good. <laughs> this is an Etch-a-Sketch. And an Etch-a-Sketch, much like sex, well, you know, we start off playing around with it, right? Masturbation, sex ed, porn magazines, all sorts of things. And so it's at that point that we're introduced to this idea 
this notion, this thing that's physical chemistry created by God to be good and fruitful and awesome. And we start, we start drawing, right? Oh, man. Wow. Not bad. It kind of looks like Utah. Feels pretty good, right? Feels pretty good. Wow. Yeah, porn. Didn't know that was going to happen. What a surprise. But now I'm kind of wondering about all these other things that, that I'm looking at. You know, I'm on Pornhub and I'm seeing this ad and this ad and this live stream and this. And so while I had fun with Miss Utah, I'm going to move on to the next one. Well, then I start drawing anymore and well, I get into some weird stuff because the world is full of some crazy depravity and there's some weird crap happening online if you don't know. And so really, this one has far less shape, far less definition. This is just multiple people doing multiple different things, however they see fit on the computer. And, oh, that was really cool. That was really cool. I never even thought about that. I grew up in, you know, X place with the picket fence and the minivan. And my parents never had the birds and the bees conversation with me. And, Wow, that is out of this world. Literally, there are people dressed up like aliens. <laughs> I'll move on to the next one. And then, of course, how many of you know, human beings, we have something called an appetite, don't we? We have this insatiable need for things. Sex, money, food, property, whatever. We have an appetite. So after we actually sketched our way through porn. And porn is probably still there. Porn is probably that in-between if you can't find something you're looking for at the moment. But we, we try. We try some other online thing first because it's, it's 2020 now, right? And, and you know, we're not going to go to a bar to try and pick some up. Good God, no. That's so uncivilized. And so we're swiping through Tinder. Wow. She's into that? Oh, I swiped her. She, she swiped right back on me. She's into it. I'm into it. Wow. I, I've only seen that. Amazing. Well, then we have that moment take place, right? But much like our appetite, much like our ideas, we'll go on to the next one because here we have an app or two or six that are just ripe for the taking of people who are down to do this thing. And so I had him, and I had her, and so now I want to move on to something else. What else is on here? Oh man, you know, I've never been with somebody who's you know, a person of color. I've never been with somebody who's into all this weird bondage stuff. Like, I've never experienced this. Oh, this is neat, this is new. I'm going to swipe right here, I'm going to swipe right here. That's totally fine because, you know, no one in my life crew knows about it. No one in church knows about it. Nobody in church is going to pee on this, this app. No way. No way. It's all good. I'm going to, you know. And so we go from experience to experience. And, you know, that was really cool and I kind of want more of that. So I'm going to keep this one. I'm going to keep this one. I defined it. 
I drew it how I wanted it. I finally found somebody that's into exactly what I'm into, but just like holiness and just like sin, it has to be fed. And once it's fed, it grows. Come on, somebody. Yeah. You can either starve sin or feed holiness or starve holiness and feed sin. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And so you draw how you see it fit. You do and engage what you want to. But I had this. Well, holiness is supposed to grow. If holiness is supposed to multiply, well, sin begins to grow. Sin begins to multiply. You know what? I think if I just keep her on the list, or I keep him on the list, got my head list, you know? Well, I think I could just go over here. And I could draw another picture over here, something a little bit less extreme, something I'm a little bit more familiar with, something that's just readily available to me. He's available at night. I work in a hospital. It's COVID-19 right now. He's been tested. I just work long hours. And, and so. so now I'm going to overlap my images. I'm going to overlap my, my definitions. And I'm going to draw this thing. And I'm going to define this thing. And I'm going to allow this thing to lead my life. And I'm going to pick and choose what I want to do because this is just so good. And it's so crazy. There's all of these different people out there who are into all of these different things. And there's all of these different ways that I can experience this God-given gift to humanity called sex. But ultimately, as Paul said, this will leave us lonelier than ever. And so maybe it's maybe it's out of guilt. Or maybe at church, you know, somebody's preaching on it. It just happens to be an etch-a-sketch there. Or maybe something else is going on. I'm talking to some people in my life crew or in my life who are spiritual authority and we're talking about it. And somehow I just start to feel like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't what I want to be engaging in. Maybe I don't want to keep going down this path. And so etch-a-sketch. As you know, then I delete the app off my phone. I saw an older gentleman one time, in case you're married in the place today, or an older generation. And maybe you feel like this doesn't apply to you, but I was talking to an older gentleman not too long ago. It was about two Mother's Day ago. And this older gentleman decided that even though he's not supposed to have one, not just because of his wife, but some other things, he decided that he was going to get a Facebook and he was going to begin to add people that he knew just from over the last 10, 15 years or whatever it's been. And suddenly this older guy, he is on Facebook and instead of, instead of drawing and defining sex by what the Bible says that he claims to believe in and in exploring this with his wife and keeping it in the marriage bed, he begins to draw these images with girls that he used to know that his wife didn't know about and suddenly here I am 27 years old son getting a phone call from my mother that my father once again has been having an affair but he got caught right so that's just sketch that just sketch sex. So we've drawn this thing, we've defined this thing, and, and we've done this thing. How 
we feel like we should and we ultimately get to the end of it where we're either disengaged because it's never enough, we either move on to the next one because we're insatiable, we either have a revelation from Jesus or somebody else in our life that's saying this is not God's best for your life, there's so much more from you than just what is on your phone and readily available to you, there's so much more and so we try to give it up and we try to run away from it, we try to exosketch and shake and break our way out of this. huge problem there. There's a huge problem there. We live in such a way that we think if we just run far enough from the season in our life, far enough away from that relationship in our life, if we drink enough, we'll forget about that season in our life or about those experiences. If we get high enough, we can leave this alone. If we can get far enough, if we've got accountability and they help us keep this thing off our phone and they're checking it for us regularly, all of these things going on, if we think we can run away from this. But if you've ever experience a season like this in your own life, you will know that's absolutely not true. Because just like this extra sketch that was brand new, no matter how hard I shake it, no matter how much I try to break loose from it, no matter how far I throw this away from me right now, if I chuck it against that concrete wall over there right now, you would still see what I see up here, and that's that I've used this however many times that I've been up here, and one other time when I bought it, just make sure it worked when I got it. And you would say, I look at that screen. You're shaking that pretty hard. You're running pretty hard. You're trying really hard. You are trying to get away from this really hard. You are putting a lot of effort into this. You are drinking it away. You are substance abusing it away. You are getting in a real relationship just to try and get away from this thing. You are trying to be committed just to get away from your past. And Seriously, we get to the end of it and you realize the remnants still remain. Yeah. The remnants still remain. It doesn't matter how hard I shook it. It didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter how I drew it. It didn't matter how I defined it. The fact that I varied, the very fact that I took it up on its offer and I began to write my own sex story. I began to write my own sexual history. I began to write my own sexual destiny and prowess. The very fact that I began to define this thing for myself, how I want, when I want, whoever I want, when I want it, baby. The remnants remain. Friends, when, when God said in Genesis and Jesus said it in the four Gospels and Paul said it right now and he said that to become one, you've got to hear me this morning. You cannot split one apart and get to the same way they went in. One can never split back into two and be the same as it was before the remnants remain. Yeah. You can never break two halves apart and have it be two or one. You can never break one apart and have it be two correct halves. Yeah. The remnants 
will remain. The memories will remain. Your brain, it was designed in such a way that you will lock in neurons that will fire when there's a scent, when there is a smell, when there is a memory that comes up, when you're scrolling through your, your Snapchat history, when you're going through all of these different things, your different sexual experiences that come to mind. Because if you think they won't, they will. You are kidding yourself. And your brain, it locks it in. It remembers the endorphins. The thrill of the chase. The orgasm of the moment. When you're, you're married and you feel like you're getting away with something to hide. Your body remembers it because the remnants remain. Friends, I came with some really good news right now. I came with some really good news. Are you all ready for some really good news? Yeah. Can I encourage you today that Jesus Christ, He's already gone to the cross. Yes. Jesus has already gone to the cross. And what that means is that God, who is so omnipresent, He is so supernatural, He is so aware, He is so big, He is so massive, that He knows the 18 billion different ideas and ways that your life could potentially turn out because of the free will that He gave you. He is so big, He is so vast, He is so over top of it all that He knows that whether you make that decision or you don't, Christ's blood on that tree at Calvary is enough for you. Yeah. So your future sin, it's better than the edge of sketch. He's already covered it. Yeah. Your past sin, better than the edge of sketch. He's already covered it. Covered it. Your God, He is so big, He is so great that He has already accomplished it all on the cross for you, friends. Your God has already forgiven every past, present, and future sin you will ever commit. Come on, somebody that's not good news. I don't know what is this morning. That's who our God is. That's who our Jesus is. That's what this is about. Forgiveness is available to you and to me. And, and, there's no but here, because but negates whatever was said before. Right. If you're in a relationship, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great day, but, you know, you just said it was trash. What do you mean? You know. He's forgiven your future sins for you already. He's gone ahead of you. He runs ahead. He has seen it all. And he's laid himself down for it all. Yes. And there's a huge difference between consequences and forgiveness. Yes. There's a huge difference between consequences and forgiveness. And that doesn't mean that God's throwing the consequences at you. No, 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 no. Do not hear me, friends. Okay? He forgives you. He has laid down his life. He has spilled his blood. He has torn the veil in two. He has made a way where there was no way for all of your sin to be covered. But Paul also said in Galatians that so a man sows, so shall he reap. As a man sows, so shall he reap. God has forgiven you as eternity is long. But what we choose to sow 
will determine the consequences or the, free, or the fruits that we experience. What we choose to sow will determine the consequences or the blessings that we receive. What we choose to sow, friends, will, will determine the type of discord you experience in life or the type of favor you experience in life. Come on, somebody. Some of us this morning, we are asking ourselves right now, okay, I've done this. I've had sex with this many people. Because listen, listen, listen. If we're being honest this morning, we remember... We remember. And so when you're hearing this message right now, you're running through the catalog, you're running through the contacts, you're running through the Snapchats, you're running through the DMs, you're running through all of these moments in your life where you had some sort of sexual experience or sexual exchange with somebody who's real or on a computer screen, whatever it may be. You're running the gamut in your mind right now and you are going, if he's forgiven all of this, but I have sown all of this, what do I do? I preach to anybody this morning because there's some people in here who are thinking right now. Maybe you're not even thinking about sex. Maybe you just had a week from hell and you're going, why is there so much discord? Why is there so much contention in my life? Why is there so many terrible things? Why is this not going my way? Why did the job not work out? Why did the opportunity not work out? Why did the relationship fail? Why is my marriage on the rocks? Why are all of these things going on? And I believe right now as we are pleading out to God, as we are asking Him, God, where is your favor? Where is your blessing? Where is the Christ that was on the cross that did it for all eternity? Because I kind of need you to show up right now. Yeah. And while we're asking God that, He's asking you, this. What have you been sowing? What have you been sowing? What have you been sowing? Because God's saying, hey, I'm consistent. I'm the most consistent thing in this universe. If I wasn't, I couldn't be God. I am consistent. I am consistent. I am good. I am faithful. I am righteous. I am holy. I am for you in the consequences and I am for you in the blessing." Remix edition. I am with you in the consequences, and I am with you in the blessing. Amen, church. Yeah. What are we sowing? Some of us this morning, we gotta start switching up what we're sowing so that God can start switching up the story He's telling. Amen. Yeah. Some of us today, we gotta determine that we're gonna sow a different seed so that God can start a new story in our life. We have gotta begin today. We've gotta leave here, and we have got to make a decision about what we've been sowing. Yeah. Are we sick and tired of seeing discord or do we want to see God's favor? Are we sick and tired of, see, of sowing in deceit and we want to see God's blessing? What have we been sowing? Because there is a right and there is a wrong. There is a holy, there is an unholy. There's God's way of doing things and then there's Matt McClure's way of doing things which will only lead me down a certain path which is completely selfish, self-indulgent, full of my own sexual needs being met. All of these things. And ultimately, death and separation from God. And then there's God's way that can satiate and it can satisfy every, every thirst that we have. Yeah. Paul says, we're trying to become one with the Master. Yeah. We're trying to become one with the Master. So we've got to give up this non-committal, not intimate way of having sex. This thing 
This thing is a noose around your soul. It is a roadblock in your mind. It is hell on the heart, and it is rough on the body. The consequences of death is, or the consequences of sin is death. There are things that will happen if we don't continue to do this, but he wants your soul to be well. He wants you to be depression-free. He wants you to live your life with zero regrets. He wants to have you. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. John 10, 10. Life and life to the full, people. His ways only lead you to life and life to the full. I feel like I have not even a quarter of a life right now. I feel like I live the dullest, most bird-bad deep life of all time. I need more. Where are you, God? I'm just getting by. And he's asking us. Married, young, old alike. This, this etch-a-sketch sex has taken over the world. And he's asking us, what have you been sowing? Because we're going to get to a point. We're going to get to a point where either you know Jesus now, and you're hearing this now, and you want to change things up now. Or, you recently, a while back, came to know Jesus. Could be ten years ago, could be five years ago, could be at any point in time. You came to know Jesus. And then you got married, or you were in a relationship, or you're going to get married, or you're going to be in a relationship again. And you're going to find it not just difficult, not just hard, and not just heartbreaking, but almost incredibly impossible. Have an actual holy marriage. Because you're going to find yourself in a place where you've split two halves of one back into two so many times. You've tried to draw your own story so many times. But the remnant remained, and you did it so many times that whether it's you're desensitized to what God says is best for your life, whether you're desensitized to the word commitment and what that means, whether you're desensitized to the idea that marriage is until death do you part, which you don't even part, praise God, that we are Christians and we have a new earth, a new heaven, a new place to go to after this. Come on, somebody, corona free, let's go. Amen. But you got so many remnants remaining on you. I wanted to wood glue two pieces of wood together up here on stage and have to do a message, break them apart, and show you that you don't break the same way you came in. But Adrian said that your sketch was a better idea. And she's right. I got the extra sketch last week, but I was in service section. Thanks, God. I don't know what you didn't say anything about it, but the Lord moved. But some of us. We're gonna find it near impossible to be in a relationship to be in a marriage, to make it to the finish line of good and faithful servant at the end of our lives before God because we have so much remnant remaining that we're finding it incredibly hard to stick together with one other person. Right. There's a reason that most spouses who cheat on their spouse don't just have one boo thing on the side. They got an app with a bunch of them because if your spouse wasn't enough, the next person won't be either and the next person won't be either and suddenly it's not the next person won't be either. Suddenly it's existential. And we're on to the next one, and to the next one, and to the next one. There's a reason that, listen, there's a reason that if we don't do this now, 
it's going to have way larger ramifications later because we're trying to have a marriage, we're trying to do this thing God's way, and we're trying to honor Him. Not what Pastor Matt says, okay? Ignore me. This is God. What He says is best for our lives. We are living a non-committal, non-intimate way that makes it impossible for two to become one, what the Apostle Paul just said. Yeah. And so you get in this place where you're trying to do things God's way, you're in church, and you're serving, and your finances are thriving, and the business is going good, and all these different things are happening, and you're happy at work, and you're trying for kids, and you're doing all this stuff, but at the same time, there are these lasting remnants that have ramifications. That means you are unsatisfied. And so you'll look late at night on your phone for something. You'll visit websites for something. You'll think back about that old flame of yours and you'll compare your spouse in bed to every other partner you ever had, good, bad, or otherwise. My wife is so much better than so-and-so. My husband, nowhere near this, but I like him. It's good to keep around. He's not bad to look at, but Dion, I tell you what. And we'll do that. And if that's been you, no judgment, but you know what I'm saying is true. Because I know what I'm saying is true. Praise God. I actually somehow, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, I got a really funny story that I can tell you, but it's not appropriate for up here because Scott would kill me if I said it. But I had a weird experience about Pouch. Anyways, so uh, Holy Spirit was there. Awesome. Okay. Kept your boy's pants on. Um, but I made it to the finish line. Adrian is my first and she is my only. And I praise God for that every single day. But what I do have is I have a history of pornography from six years of age. My father first showed me at Pornography Easy Rider magazines on his lap, on his bed, at six years old. And it took me from six to 16 to defeat this thing. And I needed to come to know Jesus at 16 to be able to do it. And then I need people in my life who were on me like white on rice to freaking get me over this thing, yeah. okay? Yeah. But what happened along the way is that I blew up four Dell computers by downloading so much porn off Napster and Livewire and BearShare and all of these other things that aren't even around anymore. While the rest of my class was downloading Shaggy and Wasn't Me the song, I was here telling my parents it wasn't me that I put up this porn on the computers. Nope. Okay. It's good, everybody. If you didn't hear Shaggy, it wasn't me. Praise God. Know <laughs> <laughs> your audience. That's what they tell me every week. But I did that. And if you don't think that's not complicated my sex life, the fact that I can watch pornography on the screen, which is basically the most non-committal, non-intimacy way of having sex, it's the Netflix for sex, okay? I can control the speed, I can go back, I can go forward, I can skip to this part, all of these things. And we have this idea because we're programmed by pornography. Program, programmed by pornography. There we go, that's a message title sometime programmed by pornography to think that every sex experience we're going to have with our spouse is going to be this 45-minute marathon full of sweat and positions and all of this other stuff, when in reality, that's just programming because that 45-minute scene was shot probably over two days with a lot of substance and alcohol abuse involved just so people could maintain and go through all the pain and the struggle of all these things just so that you and I, we can consume some 30 seconds of orgasm pleasure from people who are being robbed of their dignity and their body. By the culture they're chained up in. Mm -hmm. 
So believe it or not, I'm not this perfect human being. I have a past that's pretty extensive. And when it comes to matters of sex, yeah, a pornography's there. And I'll tell you this too. I remember that first Easy Rider magazine, not because it was my first time seeing pornography and naked chicks on bikes. It was because I remember every, every porn I've ever watched. That's 10 years. That's 10 years. 10 years of my life I can recall in my brain, in a moment's notice, every single pornography I've ever seen. I don't mean titles, I mean scenes, I mean acts, I mean people, I mean moments. I mean the moment in my house, in my room, on the computer stand, in the basement. I remember. It's because of remnants remain. Right. But can I tell you this morning that you serve the God of revival? That while you may have some remnants remaining right now, our God is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or imagine. So while you may find it impossible to move on with your marriage after adultery has happened, you may find it impossible to move on in a marriage when you had so much sex before and now you're, you're locked down to one person. You may find it so hard not to have wandering eyes and wandering feelings in the future as you go into these things. Can I tell you today there is an answer for this? His name is Jesus. And what seems impossible with man is absolutely possible with God. It's just who he is. Can we make some praise for him this morning? Peter cuts off deep ears. Peter walked on water. Peter, cool guy. Yeah. Paul rebuked him one time. Peter, Hebrews, cool. Check this out. Hebrews 12, 16 through 17. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Ready. Watch out for the Esau syndrome. Trade away God's lifelong gifts in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You well know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing, but by then, it was too late. Tears or no tears. Watch out for the Esau syndrome, friends. Here in this moment, if you don't know, it takes place in Genesis. Book of Genesis. Here's Esau and here's Jacob. And they are twin brothers of a wealthy family. Wealthy family. They got vineyards. They got money. They got all the things that they could need. It's Esau and Jacob, but they're twins. And they're, they're born. Uh, Esau comes out first. And it said that Jacob had his hand wrapped around Esau's leg as he was coming out. In fact, that Jacob, the word Jacob, the name Jacob actually means heel catcher, heel grabber. What a terrible nickname. What a terrible nickname. I know I give out some pretty terrible nicknames at church, okay? Scott still hates that I call him Scotty. Like, I know, or Scotty too high, but uh, <laughs> it's a bromance with best friends, what can we say? But here's Jacob, always known as second, always known as the one that doesn't have God's blessing, always known as the one who will not inherit. The firstborn child inherits everything. They get the vineyard, they get the mansion, they get the money, they get the notoriety, they get all of it, the fame, everything that comes along with it. While the second guy, 
or girl is left to play second fiddle. At least if you're the guy, if your brother dies, okay, you can move into that slot. If you're a girl, you gotta marry somebody else. That's a rough time. So here's Esau and Heelbreaker. A little bit of background is that they have feuded over this birthright their entire lives. But there's some notable differences just because, just instead of one being first and the other one being second, Esau, Esau's a manly guy. Esau got a lot of chest hair, he's burly, probably has chewing tobacco in his mouth, like he's just, he's a marble man, like he's a, he's a manly guy, you know, drives a Harley Sportster, uh, it's really great, and he's a manly, manly guy, he works outside, he tends the fields, he does what his father asks him to do, he runs other people, like he is a manly dude. And then there's Jacob, there's Jacob, equally as awesome, right? Jacob likes to be inside. Totally cool, don't worry about it, I enjoy being inside too. Okay, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. But, Jacob, he likes to be inside, he's ruling the culinary, he likes art, he likes hanging out with his mom, his mom's boy, nothing wrong with this again, okay? It's all good. Just explaining the differences between the two. Jacob likes being inside, cooking good food, being awesome. Esau likes being outside, cutting down trees, doing cool stuff, and filming it for YouTube. Like, that's the difference between the two of them. And so Esau, it says that he's out in the fields. I think it's for actually a couple days. He's been out for a long time. Big job. Had to get done. Esau comes back inside, and Esau is just angry. Have you ever been there? Like, you're just willing to eat anything at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been a long day. Your boss sucked. Like, it just it was a terrible situation. You're starving. You couldn't take lunch. And you were like, you know what? If you put that dog turd in a hot dog bun, I'd get some mustard. Like, it's just one of those days. You know what I'm saying? So Esau is having one of those days. While Jacob, he's inside the house, and he's cooking up in the lab, as the kids say, some red pottage. It's not even porridge. This isn't even Little Red Riding Hood or whatever the, the one with the pottage is, the bears. I don't know. I didn't. My dad showed me porn at six. Do you think I got nursery rhymes? Okay, it didn't happen. All right, it's not in, not in my household, all right? I don't know the stories, okay? One got eaten by a wolf and the other one got blown down by a wolf and there's a pig somewhere in there. Anyways, I'll watch Shrek and get back to you next week. So, get the way from the donkey. Anyways, so uh, we were all thinking it. And so Esau, he comes back in. And he's hungry and he's starving. And, you know, Jacob, what you cooking? What you got going on, bro? Little bro? Give me some money. Give me some inheritance. Give you a field. What do you want? I need some food. He comes back in. They've been talking about this for a long time. This has been a fight between them their entire lives. Two brothers born at almost the exact same time. One beats him by a leg's worth of time. It gets the birthright. Of course, the other one's going to be jaded. Of course, they're destined to go to war. In fact, the whole line from there on out would actually fight each other. So what ends up happening is Jacob is probably being a little cheeky because he's a younger brother. Younger brothers, I'm a younger brother. We're cheeky, right? We're a little, you know, <laughs> we're a little spicy, we're a little spunky, got a little mox in our blood, you know, we're, we're just a little bit. He's just cooking it up and he saw he's starving, he's ready to die and he's just like, please, brother, give me some of your pottage. And he goes, I will. Give me your birthright. Give me your blessing. Give me your stature. Give me your future. Give me everything that was given to you at birth and not to me. 
What does this have to do with Etch-a-Sketch sex? Well, Esau walked in and it smelled good. Esau walked in and yeah, it looked good. And some of us were on the map and it looked good. And Esau he sees it, his mouth starts watering. The very sight of it gets the tremble in his bones going. Oh, I'm going to give me some of that soup. And some of us, we have a Snapchat that comes in and water in the mouth. This is attraction. And much like Esau, the second he laid eyes on that red pottage and he knew what he was coming out of and what he could possibly be going into, well, the very sight of it, the very smell of it already sealed the deal. What brother probably intended to be cheeky, Esau gave away willingly because we are a people that while coronavirus is a pandemic, and while racism needs to go back to hell where it came from, there is a syndrome that exists in our earth and in our world today. It is called the Esau syndrome, where we are human beings and we are prone to give up what we want most for what we want the most right now. Yeah. We are a people who are prone to say, I saw it, I smelt it, and I wanted it. It's just like our sex drive, it's just like this area in our life where we have decided that, you know what, I want these godly things. I want I want this marriage that looks like this. I want to have a spouse that loves and respects me, that I can look at with the purest intent. I want to have the best sex of my life. God, friends, can I tell you and encourage you this morning? God has a blessing for your life. He has a blessing for your life. He has a blessing for your marriage. He, heck, you've probably never heard this in church before. He has a blessing for your sex life, okay? But you can never receive the blessing of God on your life when you are living off of short-term appetite because yeah. we're prone when we live off short-term appetite scratch to get the itch but we don't take care of the problem when we live off short-term appetite it cancels out what God's able to do in our life the blessings of God follow after obedience yeah. not us fulfilling short-term appetites yeah. we are prone Worship team, you can make your way back up here. We are prone to trade what we want most for what we want most right now. Yes. It is my hope and it is my prayer today that we begin to evaluate this area in our life. We start deciding and we start asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me convictions for what you say is best for my life, not just what I think is best right now. Give me a conviction that says, Holy Spirit, I want what I want what I want most in life over what I want most right now. Esau gave away the blessing that was on his life. I want a Holy Spirit sanctification to drive out the Esau syndrome in all of our hearts because I am as prone to this as you are. Maybe I have a wife and maybe I've overcome the sexual temptation when it came to pornography and maybe I've gotten past this thing but there are areas in my life where I have an Esau syndrome running wild because I want what I want what I want what I want it but it's not what I want most right now we live in a world and in a time and in a culture that was raised on 
theology of Esau syndrome. Forget principles. They're old fashioned. Forget what the Bible says. It's written by old dudes a long time ago. Forget God. Forget gender. Forget what you think you learned in Sunday school. Get what you want the most right now. Tomorrow's not promised. Who knows if she's going to be faithful to you anyways. It's 2020. What I do know is with God that Esau's syndrome it can be eradicated. It can be chased out. Holy Spirit sanctification can take place in our lives and our desires can realign to His desires and our seeds can realign to what He asks us to sow, what He has made available to sow. He did not leave us alone without an atlas to figure this thing out. Not life and not sex, not marriage and not sex, all of it, not even death. He has a roadmap for death. He created all of this. Can I encourage you with one last thought before we go back into a brief moment of worship? This needs to be said. Our world has taught us that sex is the pinnacle of success. How many people you slept with, the kind of sex it was, the drugs that you were on, all of it. You look at the world, you look at pop culture, you look at television, you look at music, get it, quit it, one night stands, all of it. The world will tell you, young person and old person alike, the world will tell you that it is better that you have sex with a thousand people over your lifetime than having sex with one person a thousand times. Did you hear me this morning? The world will tell you that it's better to have sex with a thousand people than one person a thousand times in your life. But the difference is, the lie is this, they don't mention this in the fine print FAQ at the bottom of the fact sheet. They don't tell you this. One of those has God's blessing upon it, and the other one only has man's approval. Amen?
start sowing new seeds today. You can't change your past, but you can sure as heck set up your future for God's promises to be all over it. There is nothing that is void. There is nothing that has been taken from you. The gifts and promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The last I checked, he went to the cross for it all. So today, I invite you in this next moment of worship. If everyone just close their eyes, and in this moment, let the song sink in. Let this moment take place. Hand over your edge of sketch to, to God and say, God, I'm sick and tired of trying to erase my past. I hand it over to you. Make something beautiful out of my ashes, God. I'm not looking for remnants of a sex life. I'm looking for revival in my sex life. Jesus, mighty name, worship team, would you just begin to sing?